Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 565. Today we're going to talk about High Treason, the trial of Louis Riel, July 1885. And this is what purports to be the first in the World on Trial series from Victory Point Games. Uh, so what you're going to be doing in the game, it's a two-player game. One side is the prosecution, one is the defense, and you're trying to convict or defend uh, Louis Riel from being hung. Uh, historically, he was convicted and, and hung, and uh, this is done in the game through card play. Similar to a game like Twilight Struggle, uh, you have a hand of cards over various different rounds, and you're sort of either holding cards to keep for the end, for the summation phase, it's kind of like your closing argument phase, or you're playing cards either to, to select jury members or play during the trial to kind of present evidence and so on. So let's take a look at how the game works and then I will tell you what I think of it. Okay, here's all of the components that you get in the game. The first thing to note here is each player is going to get a little player aid. This is going to give you some of the different actions and things that you could do in the game as well as uh, some strategy and tips in terms of what you're going for. There is a little bit of kind of number crunching that you have to kind of get past and then you can sort of get at the theme of it but we'll get to that a little bit later. Now, the other thing to note here is there are 12 of these different juror cards here and you're trying to do in the first phase is whittle this down to six. So this was a unique trial where there was actually only six jurors instead of the traditional 12. And so that's the first phase of the game. So you're going to go through this process, you're going to play some cards, start to kind of investigate these jurors, learn more about them and then you're going to start eliminating them and then you're going to go through kind of two rounds of your normal action during your trial, play the cards again and play them to kind of manipulate sort of the evidence and the evidence of guilt versus the evidence of insanity and kind of play with these different tracks here. You've got religion, language, and occupation and these are the traits that these uh, jurors identify with. And then after you do those two phases, you'll have a summation phase, a closing argument phase and you'll play some cards that you might have kept throughout the course of all of these phases, include the, uh, the jury phase, and then you'll have a little bit of a deliberation thing at the end of the game. So let's first just jump into the jury selection, and then we'll kind of talk about how you win at the end, because it's going to make a lot more sense once you get through all this. So as I said, the first part is the jury selection, and you've got a little marker here to track that, and this is handy because it gives you kind of the available things that you can do uh, for each of these different phases there at the top. Now we have here a main deck of cards, and for the jury phase, each player is going to be dealt seven of these cards, and then the prosecution player, who incidentally will sit on this side of the board and the defense on this side, is going to play their cards first. And these cards are kind of like three-purposed. You have the jury selection area here, and these are always going to have some kind of jury selection activity you can do. And then you have the trial in chief, which is the main part of the trial, and the summation, and then maybe some extra text. And the flavor text here, I should say, you should read it. It does kind of ground you a little bit more into the theme as well. It's like, okay, what does this guy do? Was he a witness? Was he, you know, another attorney or something like that? So what you're doing in the, in the, in the jury phase is the prosecution is first, they're going to play five of their seven cards. One, two, three, four, five. They're going to do the effects here, and then they're going to keep two for the summation effect at the end of the game. So you're going to play these and then you're going to put these, everybody has a little token that you can bury these cards under and keep track of which cards you've kept for the end of the game. So there's basically two types of things that you're doing in the jury selection. You can see first you might reveal one aspect from each trait, or you may also do, uh, and these are always going to be attorney cards, 
If you are the prosecution, in this case, peek at three traits. If you're the defense, you can peek at two traits. So what you're going to do is if you reveal a trait, you're going to take and you're just going to flip it up and everybody's going to see it. So let's just take this jury here. And so the juries have a little bit different of a makeup. You can see some of them have these things called deliberation action points. You don't worry about those till the end of the game. Uh, but some are a little bit more powerful than others, but they're also a little bit more difficult to sort of control or manipulate. Uh, so if you reveal one, you just flip over this. So you'll know that this guy here is a farmer. And so you've got occupations. You've also got language here, which is going to be English or French. And then you've also got their religion, which is going to be uh, Protestant or Catholic. Now, if you peek at it, let's say we had revealed these so both players know these. And let's say I'm going to peek at uh, this one here at the, at the religion. So I'm going to peek at it and I'm going to point the arrow towards me to show that I can go back and look at that at any time during the entire game. So I know what that is. If the other player then peeks at it, then of course we just reveal it because we both know what it is. So you're going to take, uh, again, the prosecution can do five actions like that, and they're going to bury two cards for summation, and then the defense is going to do that as well. And then at that point, you're going to start eliminating uh, jurors. And the player notes here give you a direct kind of thing that you're supposed to target. So if you're the defense, you're supposed to target the French Catholic farmers uh, because it tells you straight up that you have cards and the way that you can play the cards is going to manipulate that. You're trying to get these tracks lower, which I'll explain more as we get through the uh, uh, part of the scoring, but you're trying to get those tracks lower and to get less points for the prosecution sort of strength of their case. So you're going to take turns dismissing six of the jurors, so there's only gonna be six left. So I'll just kinda of do that a little bit randomly right now. Okay, so once we've dismissed uh, six of the jurors, everybody's gonna have, again, two cards in their summation pile for play at the end of the game. You're gonna have a discard pile, which you're then now going to shuffle into uh, the main deck here. You're gonna shuffle these up, and you're gonna deal seven cards again uh, to each player. And now you're gonna be playing cards here for either the action points there or this middle section there. And so you're gonna be playing and just doing events. So if you think of like Twilight Struggle, you either do the actions or do the events. And you're gonna be most of the time manipulating uh, this board here as well as putting out these sway markers. And you can see these are double-sided for uh, the prosecution and the defense. And you're either gonna sway these particular aspects here or you're going to actually sway the jurors themselves. And then once again, you're gonna end up with two cards that you're going to keep uh, for the final round. And then you're gonna do a second round of this. So you're gonna deal seven more cards, play through five cards. In this case, you play one at a time. Prosecution starts, they play a card, defense, back and forth until everybody's played their five cards. And do that twice. Now, one of the actions, before we talk about the more specific actions, is if you want to mulligan at any point uh, during this round. So let's say maybe I played two cards to manipulate some stuff and I had these three left. I don't really like them. So for my turn, I can take and discard these three and draw one less. So in this case, I would draw two cards and that's my turn, but hopefully maybe I got something a little bit more favorable. You can do that once per game. So let's first talk about some of the actions that you can do. So in this case, this guy would give you five action points. Now one thing you could do is you could try to sway uh, one of these jurors. So if you were the defense, you would put one of these out in your color like that. And now you could spend two actions to do that, but that's the most that you could do uh, within a given play there. Now, if the the prosecution comes through and they want to play this. Instead of adding one of theirs, they're actually just going to remove uh, one of theirs for one action. So they could do it and do it twice and they could remove two of those. And then once it's empty, then you start adding uh, more of that color. 
The other thing you can try to do is sway and make arguments against these different traits here. Uh, so what you can do for an action is you can move uh, one of these traits, so let's say we'll take Protestant, we can move it left or right depending on what we want to do. Defense always wants to keep it lower. And when you do that, you spend the action and then you will put a uh, sway token there in that particular track. Now you can do that again on that turn but the next thing is gonna cost you two actions to move it again in that direction, and you don't put a sway marker there for the second one. So the most you could move it, it would cost you three actions to move it twice, and then you also get a sway marker on there for that first move. Now the card that I showed you earlier there is an attorney card. You can see that's a defense attorney. These actually let you break some of the rules a little bit as opposed to some of the other uh, types of cards. So the attorney cards are always special in each of these different phases. Now if it's your side, so in this case it's a defense attorney there, then you can play actually as a reaction to uh, prevent somebody else's uh, event. So if they're playing an event, you can play uh, an attorney on your side to cancel that event. You can move it to, you can actually use it to remove all sway markers uh, from its particular aspect and then you can move it in either direction uh, by two. Now if once you get, these work a little different than the jurors, so once you get a third one on here, then that one actually will lock that so you can no longer move Protestant. So as you move it, you get these markers here. So they've kind of like, they've heard from you and after a while they're gonna get kind of sick of hearing from you about a particular topic, whether it's religion or language. So once you move it, get it moved, and then you get these in here. This is now locked because there's three tokens on there. Now the jurors will get locked because, remember I told you about kind of that zero sum idea, is that once we get all these red ones, let's say we get that on there, like so, we're gonna lock that juror up. At this point, that juror is now locked. Now you can see the one deliberation action point jurors have only four, whereas the, the ones down here with the three, they, they take a couple more, you gotta have six on there to lock those up. Now the attorneys can actually uh, manipulate these locks. So if you use the attorneys for these actions, then you can manipulate these, otherwise they're locked. You can't do anything further to that juror once it's completely locked up. I know that sounds like kind of a lot of rules, but the cards actually do kind of explain all of that for you as well, so you can kind of see what you've got. And it just takes a couple of plays actually to, or just a couple of card plays I should say, to get all of that kind of in your head. Now some of these uh, cards have these little lightning bolts here, different symbols, and these allow you to do a special action. They're either be blue, green, or red. And so if they're blue, then only the defense can make use of that, and if they're red, then only the uh, prosecution, but the greens can be used by either. So what you can do is you can actually reveal an opponent's random uh, summation card. So maybe we'll just take this one and reveal that, and that'll stay face up here. And so now we know what's coming for us there in the summation around the closing arguments. Uh, or you can actually swap one of your own with a card that you have uh, in your hand at that point, and then you put it in here and swap that and put that back into your hand. So once we've done our second round of the trial, then we're gonna go into the summation phase here and this is when you get a chance to play those cards that you've been saving for the whole game. Now this is interesting because the prosecution will play three of their cards, then the defense has to play all six of theirs that they've kept, and then back to the prosecution to play their final three. And these are a little bit usually more dramatic effects that are going to sway a lot more of what's happened and sometimes it'll allow you to do stuff even though things are locked and all that. So this is gonna again swing all these different tracks and everything. And again, the attorneys are much more powerful here. So 
So after that phase, we're gonna go into what's called the deliberation, the jury goes away. There's a couple of things we're gonna check first. Now, you can see these two main tracks here, evidence of insanity and evidence of guilt. If the prosecution hasn't moved this up to two, then they haven't provided enough evidence, and so then the defense will automatically win if it's down here at one or zero. But if it's at least two, then we're gonna continue on with the deliberation, and then we're gonna do some scoring. Now, if we get it a little bit further, then we get uh, some good bonuses here, as well as uh, if we get the evidence of insanity down here. Now, there's not a lot of cards that actually will manipulate that, so if you can do it, it's very good. Uh, this is actually gonna give the defense some bonuses here. Now, the bonus for the prosecution is very powerful. Let's take a look at what that is. Now, depending how far you move it up past the number two, you can put one or two of these sway markers on any unlocked juror. So if the juror's locked, you can't do anything about it at this point, but you could put two on anything that's unlocked. So you maybe have something that you're almost about to lock, and then you can you know fill up the rest of it there. Now, if the uh, evidence of insanity here is past, or two or past, you're gonna move all of these tracks here, one, two, or three spaces toward the defense. And what this is gonna do, this is gonna lower kind of the point scoring. So you can see all of these aspects here have uh, you know commonality with some of the jurors. So you might have a Protestant English farmer or something. And so these are going to sort of align with that and the jurors are gonna score points based on this track up here. So, for example, if there's a lot of French folks here, you really want that French score to be low because you're going to score these points every time for each French juror. So you're going to, basically what's going to happen now is you're going to add up all of the points. So we, let's say we have a Protestant French and he is a farmer. Uh, so this is 3, 8, plus 4 is 12. So that juror will score 12 points. And what you're trying to do is keep that number of points totaled uh, 99 or less. So if you get to 100 points uh, by adding up all of the, the commonalities here of the different uh, jurors with this, then the prosecution is going to win. If it's 99 or less, then the defense is going to win. So there's one more step though before we figure all that out with this deliberation. So starting with the prosecution, we're gonna take a look at any of our locked jurors. In this case, we just have this one for the example. And then we're gonna find people that have a commonality with them. So we say Protestant English farmer. Okay, what else do we got here? Well, we got a Protestant French farmer. And because they share two of these traits, we can now add two of these uh, sway markers there and then now this one becomes locked and now this one can then influence somebody else that they have in common so here we've got another protestant farmer a protestant i didn't flip that one over uh, this is uh, another protestant farmer so you can see there's a lot of protestants and a lot of farmers uh, in this particular jury pool so that's the kind of thing that you want to kind of deduce early in the game and then kind of manipulate those aspects up here as well as trying to you know have the evidence of guilt or insanity go your way and then you're going to take and add those up now if at the end here, we've kind of sorted that out, and then the defense is gonna work their, their way, so if there's a locked uh, you know, juror for the defense, then they're gonna be able to kind of do that cascading, so they might lock somebody else who will lock somebody else, and so on. If a juror is locked for the prosecution, it's gonna double the amount of points that we generated here. So our early example, what was it, 14 points? If that juror had been locked, in favor of the prosecution, that would be 28 points, quite a bit. That's a good chunk of the way towards 100. Now, if it had been locked for the defense, it would be halved. So instead of 14, it'd be 14 divided by two, so it'll be only worth seven. So it's interesting because you're trying to manipulate the jury as well as kind of the general state of the case up here.
Uh, so that's how you play the game. Okay, so that is High Treason. What do I think of the game? Well, I think it has a little bit of a barrier to entry with the rule book. Not that the rules are written bad, but it's just kind of the way that they're presented. Uh, because it does seem when you start to play like like really kind of mathy, and there's a lot of these different tracks, and like what does this have to do with this other thing? But then once you play it, it really starts to sink in. And then once you play it again, then you start to go, oh, okay, I kind of see the strategy, and it really starts to show the highlights of what makes the game really good, is the whole kind of arc of the trial, because you have that jury selection, which is huge, and because you've got to sort of understand who the jury is, how they're going to kind of align which of these tracks here on the board are going to be you know, important, and then you've got to sort of start to align that. And then you've got to really be cognizant, even early on, about which of the summation cards that you keep for later on for those closing arguments. And then, so you've got those kind of those big bombs that you kind of are waiting to pull off. And if you think about a trial, it really kind of works that way. It it's kind of starts off a little slow because you have like a little bit of a jury selection and trying to, you know, sort of suss this stuff out. Then the trial kind of takes shape and, you know, certain aspects become more or less important, you know, that you maybe didn't expect because the other player really drove hard after them. Uh, and then, you know, at the end, you kind of have the big fireworks of the closing arguments and so on. Uh, so it has that cool kind of arc to a trial, which, you, you know, you watch a lot of this stuff on TV. Um, that's what that's my perception of it anyway, is you can see that very cool narrative arc and the, the kind of drama escalating as the game progresses. And so even though you're kind of like, okay, you're taking this as 13 divided by two, you know, all that kind of stuff, that really becomes a second nature, maybe after probably your second play. You'll get really into it, and then you know, then you can kind of let the theme uh, come out. Uh, and I, like I mentioned during the walkthrough, I'd certainly read the cards uh, because this is not a trial or a person that I really was familiar with at all. I think I've heard the name Louis Riel, you know, maybe like in tenth grade history or something. And it's Canadian history, so we don't get a lot of that here in the United States, uh, but. Uh, it was very interesting. Uh, there's there's nice little uh, historical tidbits in the back of the book to get you in there. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. He was kind of a revolutionary. Was he kind of a nutty guy? You know, maybe he was a, he used you know more like terrorist type of tactics that were you know not really good. And then he went to the U.S. and came back. And then they had a weird trial where they only had six jurors. And so that was very kind of unorthodox. And so it kind of sets you up for the game. And then the little flavor text on the cards, they give you some ideas of like, you know, how these people were presented and sort of the political climate of this area and this time in Canadian history. So that was pretty cool just to kind of get into that. And with the added bonus of, you know, the game works really, really well. But I think to get into the game, I really had to kind of just put in that little bit of extra effort to kind of digest the history. Then that made it a lot more fun uh, because you really kind of grounded it in a time and a place. Uh, but I definitely recommend this game. There's a little bit of kind of a barrier to entry there with the theme, you know, maybe for folks that aren't familiar with that part of uh, Canadian history. And then it's 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 like there's kind of a barrier to the entry with the mechanics, but there's really not. You just kind of have to like dive into that first play, get into it, and then start to realize, okay, it's not that mathy really. I'm just, you know, certain things are gonna be more or less strong. And it's all about kind of deducing 
what you don't know about the jury because you're going to know a fair amount about the jury and you know your opponent's not going to know everything either uh, so it's kind of about that and then you know really trying to squirrel away and hope for and you know it's almost like a push your luck kind of thing with the summation cards you got like ah, i think this will really pay off um, and that whole thing is really interesting as well with the in terms of uh, playing as the prosecution where you play your three summation cards the defense kind of shoots their wad with the six and then you got to kind of hope that you you kept the enough back in that last sort of argument there to bring in anything back that they really pushed over. So that's got a nice, uh, good uh, mechanics there. So I'll certainly be interested if they come out with more games uh, in the series. They kind of list a bunch of trials here at the back. Um, you know, I just got done watching the People versus O.J. Simpson a few months ago. That was a wacky trial, and uh, I know the author. Of, or the designer of the game is actually a lawyer's too. I didn't know that, and he mentions that in here. So you can really see that. I think that you, I could really see uh, some really uh, some enhancements and beefing up to this system, and hopefully probably some better components. But it's a victory point game. So if, if you're looking at this going, oh my gosh, these components are terrible. Well, I mean they kind of give you next level up above print and play. Uh, you know, it's more about the game than the pieces. Um, and frankly, uh, speaking of Victor games, this is probably, uh, you know, I haven't really liked a lot of the games that I played from them recently. I, the, there's a lot of series that I do like, the States of Siege, uh, they kind of, you know, start off the no retreat stuff. Uh, but I think this should, this could be a good series for them. So I think folks should give this one a try and uh, really get into it. And maybe some other people will get some other designs and ideas for, uh, you know, like a trial. Cause that, that really is, is kind of struck me through playing this. It's like, this is a really kind of a neat way to approach the trial with this car driven mechanic. Um, and you kind of sort of manipulating these people's prejudices in a way based on their religion or their, their occupation. And you, know, you could see that really being sort of uh, developed and, and added onto. And you know, you can have very highly political trials or very you know, dramatic and, and visceral and personal, you know, brutal trials and that kind of thing. That's so kind of that theater of the mind stuff is very, very, very cool. So definitely give this one a look. Thanks.